Jesus said to her, this is when Jesus had risen from the dead, and he said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? She, supposing him to be the gardener, said to him, said, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him, Rabboni, which is to say, teacher, Jesus said to her, do not cling to me. The King James Version said, don't touch me. For I have not yet ascended to my father, but go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my father and your father and to my God and your God. Please, I want you to take note of this particular phrase. I am ascending to my father and your father and to my God and your God. Verse 18, Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things to her. Then the same day, the same day at evening, being the first day of the week when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to him, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them again, Peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. Verse 23. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiving them. Of, they are forgiving them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. What a powerful commission. <laughs> One day we'll teach on this. Hallelujah. Verse 24. Now Thomas called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said to him, We have seen the Lord. So he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. Don't be a Thomas in the house of God. Hallelujah. Verse 26. Take note of verse 26. And after eight days, someone say after eight days, his disciples were again inside and Thomas with them. Jesus came, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace to you. Then he said to Thomas, Reach your finger here and look at my hands and reach your hand here and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. And Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord and my God. Hmm. Verse 29, Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Everybody say amen to the reading of God's word. What are we looking at here in these verses of scripture? We see Jesus Christ rise from the dead. This was the first time he had come out of the tomb. In fact, the crucifixion had marred. When we say something is mad, in other words, 
it had been his body had been so disfigured that it was unthinkable unfathomable for anybody could to think that a man who had been that disfigured three days before could be in a glorious state like Mary met him so when Mary saw him she thought that there's Mary Madeline thought that that was the gardener who was taking care of the garden so told Jesus supposing that was the gardener that say if you have taken him away show me where you put his body so that I may go and take him then the Bible says Jesus called her name Mary and I'm sure she recognized the voice the voice had not changed the body had changed but it was the same voice hallelujah I pray you identify God's voice when he speaks to you Jesus said my sheep hear my voice they know my voice and they and they follow me amen so she turned and said master or teacher Rabboni in other words wow you are the one I couldn't think that you could be that glorified after three days of that horrible experience how come and then he told Mary that go to my brethren see how he calls us he calls us brethren did you hear that I said Jesus calls us what brethren in Romans chapter 8 Bible calls him the firstborn amongst many brethren there could not be any greater lifting greater exaltation greater uh, grace than to be the brother of the Lord Jesus Christ never forget he was born the only begotten son of God but when he rose from the dead he became the first begotten of the dead read the Revelation chapter 1 are you there I said he was born what the only begotten son of God and he could have remained the only begotten son of God had he not gone to the cross and he would have been the only son of the most high God owning the whole universe how lonely that life could be think about it but because he loved us he laid down his life so that through his death burial and resurrection you and I could come into the family and become his brothers so he said go and tell my brethren I ascend to my father and your father and to my God and your God and in fact he told Mary don't cling to me don't touch me they were used to touching the master they were used to working with him closely but this time around don't touch me what was the reason why didn't Jesus allow Mary to touch him and yet eight days after remember the Bible says that same evening he appeared to them while they were assembled in a house with windows closed doors closed he appeared in their midst and said peace be unto you and then he breathed on them and said receive the Holy Spirit they were so glad he showed them his hands showed them his side and showed them many things and then the Bible said he disappeared from their midst but eight days after the first time he appeared in their midst that evening of the resurrection Sunday Thomas was not around but eight days after Thomas happened to be with the other ten mind you they were then eleven because Judas had gone to his own place are you there so these were eleven and Jesus Christ appeared in their midst again until the eighth day that very night when Thomas came and they told him that we had seen the master Thomas said look me i'm not going to believe oh this thing is it cannot be a man who was that disfigured who was mad 
beyond human comprehension. It was so bad that Bible says in Isaiah that we hid as it were our faces from him. You could not look at him twice. When you look at him, it was so horrible a sight that you would turn your Bible said we hid as it were our faces from him. We couldn't be, behold him twice. So Thomas said, I'm not going to believe until I see him and touch him and put my, my, my hand, my finger where the hole was made in his palm and put my hand in his side. I will not believe. Very unfortunately, this is where a lot of God's children have brought their Christian life to. They are believers, no doubt about it. They are born again, no doubt about it. They have received remission of sins, no doubt about it. They have received the life of God, the nature of God, no doubt about it. They have even received the Holy Spirit, no doubt about it. And yet they still live in the realm of the senses. Where if they can't figure the issue or the situation out with their senses, they will not believe. It is too low a life. Hallelujah. Where you always want to figure out your Christian life by your senses because your senses are limited and can deceive you. There are some things you may not sense with your physical senses. When I say your physical senses, I'm talking about your sense of sight, your sense of smell, your sense of hearing, your sense of taste, your sense of feeling. If you do not sense God with your physical senses. It doesn't mean God isn't with you. He says, and lo, when he rose from the dead, in Matthew 28, verse 20, he said, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the age. Some say always. Always means always. In fact, the King James puts it this way. King James says, and behold, I am with you always. King James removed the S, always. You know always. Always means all the way. All the way. Whether in the valley, he is with you. Whether on the mountaintop, he is with you. Wherever you go, he is with you. Always. All the way. All the way to Calvary. He went for me. He went for me. He went for me. All the way to Calvary. He went for me and he died to set me free. Don't worry, thank you. Hallelujah. This one was my own. You will come in very soon. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. He said, I am with you always, always, even to the end of this age. So it doesn't matter what a child of God may go through. When you are faced with unpleasant situations, difficulties, hardship, and it seems like God has abandoned you, never forget, he says, I am. I am. It's a present tense reality. It's not I'm going to be. He didn't say I will be. He said, I am. I am is different from I will. Say he's with me. Whether in the valley, on the mountaintop, whether in the water or in the fire, the Lord is with me. In fact, Hebrews 13 reiterates the same point. He says that let your life be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. Hebrews 13 verse 5 and 6. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Hi, I like that. Did you hear that? If a man tells you, I will never leave you, a man can change his mind. But God is not a man to lie. Neither the son of man to change his mind. You know sometimes when a man is interested in a woman. He can go every length. I'm telling you. He can fly from here to Honolulu. Just to get a flower. And come to you and say. Hey baby I love you. 
you know I love you. You are so sweet, honey. I'm, I'm never going to leave you. I will be with you. All my life, I love you. Mm. Let the unfortunate happen. The same person who said, I will never. He said, please. I don't want to see your face. Get out of here. So what happened? But you said you you'll always be with me. I said, I don't want to see your face. Tell your neighbor, that is man for you. Hide the man. Bible said the heart of man is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know it. That is why curse is everyone who puts his trust in man. There's a difference between trusting in man and trusting somebody. When you put your trust in man, it's different from, okay, I trust you. Marriage can never work without a foundation of trust. Take note, without a foundation of love and trust. There is no marriage that can work without the foundation of love and trust. So there is an element of trust the spouse must have for his wife or her husband. Is there. But it's different from I put my trust in you. That one is dangerous. I put my trust in you means that it's like you have become my savior. No, Jesus is our savior. But I trust you means that there is a certain level of collaboration, agreement. That look, it doesn't matter who I may see with you. I know that you will not go beyond the bounds of our marital union. Are you there? That is trust and love. So, get the difference. I don't know who I'm talking to now because this is not my, my message. But I know as a prophetic ministry, when I stand here or whenever I stand before God's people, I speak prophetically. Hallelujah. Those of us who have bought the idea that, oh, don't put your trust in any man. Therefore, I cannot even trust my husband or my wife. You are, you are, you are destroying the foundation of the marriage. Are you there? How can your marriage work if there is no element of that foundation of trust in the marriage? You should be able to confidently say that I know that my wife going to this place, she is safe and I'm safe. Hallelujah. Then every second, hello, hello, hello. Who are you talking with? I can hear some noise in the background. Are you sure you are there alone? Hey, have you become a watchman? When did you become a supervisor? So without the foundation of trust, you cannot have a successful, blissful, thriving, flourishing marriage. But it's different from, I put my trust in you. Hallelujah. Where was I before I even got into the subject? <laughs> Praise the Lord. So, Thomas said, I will not believe. Then Jesus appeared eight days after and said, Thomas, don't be unbelieving. Come and touch me. Come and feel me. Come and do whatever you say you want to do. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. My question is, how come Jesus didn't allow Mary Magdalene to touch him the first day he rose from the dead? The very first day. This was the very first time they had seen him in public after his resurrection. But then eight days after, he tells, I am sure that that very evening, when he came to them, when Thomas was not around, I am sure that they touched him. They related with him. The Bible says he showed them so many things. Look at my hands. I'm sure some of them might have touched him. Though scripture is silent about it. So, right from that evening, they must have touched him. And eight days after, we hear him telling Thomas, come and touch me. Come and feel me. But the question is, why did he deny the woman? Don't cling unto me. Don't touch me. But he told the man, or the man, come and touch me. Or Thomas, come and touch me. Was Jesus discriminating? 
Was Jesus making preference for men and allowing women to be subservient? No. Somebody say no. It was a spiritual act which scripture is silent about. And yet when you read the epistles like Hebrews, you get to know that that very moment was the crucial moment for a child of God to connect with the new covenant. It was a crucial moment. Jesus Christ rose from the dead as a high priest. Some say the high priest. Under the old covenant, they had a sanctuary. They had a tabernacle. They had the outer court of the tabernacle, the inner court, and then the holy of holies. And only the high priest had access into the inner sanctuary, the holy of holies, to perform sacrifices and to offer the blood of animals that the people had brought to offer it once in a year. And the Bible says that that sanctuary was built according to the pattern that God showed Moses in heaven. Moses was with God on the mount for 40 days and 40 nights and God showed him so many things that he should build the tabernacle after or parting the tabernacle after. The earthly tabernacle was parting after the heavenly tabernacle. Meaning that if there was a holy of holies where blood was offered, there was also a holy of holies in the heavenly tabernacle which needed blood. Hallelujah. Are you there? I hope you are following me, people of God. So when Jesus rose from the dead, the very first thing he needed to do as a high priest was to offer his blood in the inner sanctuary, in the holy of holies, and forever that blood remains on that altar. Are you there? That is why he told Mary, Madeline, that don't cling to me, don't touch me, for I have not yet ascended to my father. You and I know that Jesus Christ did not ascend to heaven until after the 40th day. Is that right? So, how come on the eighth day he is telling the disciples, especially Thomas, come and touch me? Because if the ascension Jesus was referring to in John chapter 20 had to do with the final ascension, then they would never have touched him all throughout his work with, with them. However, we see that eight days after his resurrection, he says, come and touch me. This will tell you that that ascension he was speaking about was different from the ascension on the 40th day on the Mount of Olivet. Is that alright? Is anybody confused? I hope you are following me. So Jesus Christ needed to ascend the very first assignment which scripture is silent about. The very first assignment that he needed to do after he rose from the dead was to present his blood. That was the blood that ratified the new covenant and sealed the new covenant and has endorsed the new covenant and has given us access to heaven. Listen. We may be sitting here physically, but we live in heaven. Take note. Bible says our citizenship is in heaven. It's not going to be in heaven. Philippians 3.20 Say my citizenship is in heaven. Until you become heaven conscious, you will always fall prey to the casualties and the, and the, and the troubles of this life. That's why Colossians chapter 3 from verse 1 tells us that if you are risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting on the right hand of the Father. He says, set your affection on things above and not on things on the earth. For you are dead and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When a child of God is not heaven conscious, is not living in the reality of heaven, you can fall prey to anything that flies around. Any stray bullet can hit you because you are not, you are not mindful of your heaven citizenship. You are so earthly minded that 
everything that people of this earth suffer, you also suffer. It should not be like that. Hallelujah. When you are aware that we are seated together with Christ in the heavenly places, in the heavenly realm, far above all principality and power and dominion and might and any name that can be named, not only in this world but also in the world to come. When you are mindful of that, it doesn't matter what you go through in this life. You just know that my God supplies all my need, not according to the economy of my nation, but according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Listen, we may be ordinary, just like the ordinary man out there, but on the inside, our citizenship has changed. See, I'm a citizen of heaven. Oh yes, a child of God must live in that reality. So when they say it will not work, tell them, look, I have something that you do not know. It will work. Say it will work. Glory. I want you to use the communion today to change any story. They say cannot change. Because I'm going to show you a revelation. Listen, when Jesus Christ presented his blood, that blood is speaking in heaven. And we are born there. Turn to Hebrews 12. You see it. We are not going to go there. We, are, we have come there. We have arrived there. If you're a child of God, that is a realm you live in. Thank God we taught on renew your mind. You see, until your mind is not acquainted with these things because your mind was not born again. But the spirit that was born again has been ushered into a realm which God's revelation in scripture is showing us. Which you must get to know that, hey, from the scriptures I see that this is where I live. This is my realm. And you renew your mind with that reality and walk in that consciousness. Are you there? Hebrews chapter 12. From verse 22. I need no other argument. I need no other plea. It is enough that Jesus died and that he died for me. Mm. Hebrews 12 verse 22 through 24. Can I read it? Paul, writing in Hebrews, makes a comparison. Take your time and read the preceding verses before 22. You see that he was comparing those who came to Mount Sinai. The Israelites got to Mount Sinai and it was a terrifying sight. They could not approach God. So fearful was the sight that they told Moses, Moses is enough. Don't even let God come. God was supposed to visit them and before God came, the thunder, the earthquake, the smoke, the lightning, was enough to frighten them. So Moses, Moses, please, please, you go and hear God and come and tell us. We won't even hear God again. Hallelujah. Because they had been pushing Moses to the wall. Are you the only person who speaks with God? We do want to hear God. God said, don't worry. I'm going to visit them. Don't worry. And before God came, what he did, it is like, it is like motorcade. You know motorcade. When the president is coming, you think the president is in the first vehicle. No. We have the siren, the, the motor riders who do their gymnastics. That also... Some will be waving their hand. And the way they wave their hand, if you are driving past them, you will be scared. Say, move, move, move. Hey, hey. Before another person will come and will lift his leg on the motorbike and, ah, what is happening here? Who is behind that they are just doing gymnastics like that? That is the president on his way coming. Likewise, when God wanted to visit, his motorcade was lightning, thunder, earthquake. It was so thunderous. Like, hey, Mr. Moses, Moses, Moses. Don't let God come again. You is enough. What we have seen is enough. Hallelujah. But Bible says we have not come to that kind of mountain. But look at the mountain we have gotten to. When you are born again, see where you live. Hebrews 12, 
verse 22 through 24. He said, but you have come to Mount Zion. Say, I have come to Mount Zion. Please, are you going to come? Are you going to come? I'm hearing different answers. Are you going to come? He said, I have come. You have come. You have come means I have come. I have arrived there. Oh, that your mind will be renewed with this reality. The day you catch the revelation that I am not going to, you see, I am coming, Lord, coming unto thee. It's a nice song, but you are not coming. We were born there. Hallelujah. Say, I live in Zion. When they ask you, are you from Volta region or from, say, I'm, I'm, I'm from Zion. I don't believe in tribalism or nepotism or, or terrorism or I don't believe in those things. I believe that there is a difference between those who live in Zion and those who are in darkness. When I look at a human being, all I see is a soul who should not perish. That's all. Are you there? A soul who should not perish. Because if that soul was the only person here on earth, Jesus would still have come to die. That is what he has left here, us here for. To reach out and bring them into the kingdom. Remember, he was the only begotten son. Now we are brethren. He wants more brethren. It is not the wish of God that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. I cry that we will become evangelists. We will tell the good news of Jesus. What is the good news of Jesus? Come and see. Hallelujah. Come and see what the Lord has done. Come and see how he has transformed my life. Your testimony becomes your evangelistic tool. Tell the story and let somebody come to the saving knowledge of Jesus. Because he is coming soon. Hallelujah. I said what? He is coming soon. He is coming back again. He's coming back. You have come. He said, but you have come. Oh, I wish I could stop there. You have come. It's enough. You have come. Take that reality. You may not feel it, but you have come. You may not see it in your environment, but you have come. Your home may be so disastrous. There is emptiness and chaos and confusion. And divorce is knocking at your door. But he still tells you, you have come. So take God by his word and tell yourself, I have come to Zion. So everything that is in Zion belongs to me. From this day forward, all the things that are in this world that are troubling me, I reject them in the name of Jesus. Because I have come to Zion. I've come. I'm there. I'm there. Oh, and remember Romans 3 4. Let God be true, but every man a liar. If God says you have come, your circumstances may say, Ah, you, you, you are far away. Say, I have come, but you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God. Oh, I love that. The heavenly Jerusalem. We have the earthly Jerusalem and we also have the heavenly Jerusalem to an innumerable company of angels. Did you hear that? Listen, never you walk in this life and think you are alone. You are in a company of angels that cannot be counted. And they will not even suffer your foot to dash against a stone. When you are about to stumble, they will be the one to protect your leg. Hallelujah. He said a thousand will fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand. But it will not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you behold and see the reward of the wicked. How does that happen? We are in the company of angels. Innumerable. Don't forget one third rebelled with Lucifer, but the two third are with us. Hallelujah. And they are uncountable. As you are sitting here right now, do you know the number of angels that are here? Innumerable company of angels. Even at the altar alone, the number of angels that are here are more than all the continents, all the people that are on the continent of Africa. Say, I'm not alone. Say, I live in Zion. 
I am in the company of angels innumerable. That is why a child of God must not fear. Are you there? Don't fear. Hey, so how am I going to please? Don't say how am I going to. That is not your job. Your job is to act as a king and speak the word. There are angels who are waiting. Bible says in Psalm 103 verse 20, Bless me the angels of God that excel in strength, that do his commandments, who hearken to the voice of his word. They are just waiting for your voice. Once you speak, they will implement it. But you are also behaving like a slave. Hey, when will I get food to eat? Nowadays, my salary is not enough. You are closing your door with your tongue. Tell your neighbor, change your style. Change your style. Change your style. Change your style. The way you are living, you are disgracing heaven. You are making heaven feel like God didn't allow his son to die. Change your style. And change your thinking. And change your talking. And live as a prince. Live as a king. Bible says in Revelations 1 5, he has made us kings and priests unto God. He has, he's not going to, he has made us. Say, I'm a king and I'm a priest. That is what Peter writes in first Peter 2, verse 9. He says, You are what? A chosen generation, a royal priesthood. Royal priesthood means king priests. I'm a king and a priest. From today, every life of slavery. Maybe you are slave to sin, slave to poverty, slave to hardship, slave to insufficiency. I break the power of that slavery. I break the power of that slavery in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I've come. Hush. Look at verse 23. To the general assembly and church of the firstborn. Did you hear his name? He's what? He's the firstborn. Jesus is what? The firstborn. Oh, my senior brother when you cut the revelation that Jesus Christ is my senior brother look you will never lose any case when sometimes you know that justice demands that this one you must be punished consult your lawyer he's your senior brother he's a member of the family you will win the case at all costs hallelujah to the general assembly and church of the firstborn who are registered they are not going to be registered they are registered in heaven say my name is registered in heaven. Oh, so why won't heaven give you backup? See all the countries that send their embassies here and the ambassadors here. They don't feed from here. Do you know that? They don't get their resource from here. They, it comes from their country. They have diplomatic immunity. I command that from today you begin to enjoy heaven's diplomatic immunity. Heaven's diplomatic immunity in the name of Jesus. That is why the things they suffer out there, you should not suffer them. Just because you look the same doesn't mean you are the same on the inside. Hmm. Look at it. To the general assembly and church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven, to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of just men made perfect. That will be another subject for another day. Verse 24, to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant. We have come to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant. Do you know a mediator? An administrator. He administers the new covenant. He tells you, look, this one belongs to me. Satan, get off. When Satan makes demand that, look, this person, his ancestors did this and did it. So, you have said in the law that I will visit the iniquity of the fathers to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me. So, it is mandatory by law that I shall carry this sickness from generation to generation. He is next, he is next to inherit this bondage. Jesus said, hey, I died for him. I shed my blood for him. Get out of here. He is the mediator of the new covenant. Okay, go on. 
That's a big one. To the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. Someone say the blood of sprinkling. When Jesus ascended that very first day he rose from the dead, he sprinkled his blood on the holy altar in the heavenly sanctuary. And forever that blood is there speaking. And it's not speaking domination and condemnation and revenge like the blood of Abel. Remember Cain killed his brother Abel and Abel's blood was speaking or has been speaking. I don't know whether it has stopped speaking ever, ever since Jesus Christ shed his blood. But the blood of Abel was speaking vengeance, revenge for my blood. Oh, I was innocent. My brother shed my, my blood. So let him also suffer. But when Jesus' blood was shed, the Bible says it's speaking better things. Some say better things than that of Abel. I always want to make that comparison. This is the comparison. Can you get us a microphone? I want some people to give me some answers. Okay, let's look at, we have good, better, best. Is that also Good, better, best. Okay. If somebody is suffering poverty, okay, what is better than poverty? Come give, yeah, what is better than poverty? Riches. Riches. So if Jesus Christ's blood is speaking better things, it means it's speaking riches better than poverty. Are you there? If somebody is suffering sickness, what is better than sickness? Healing. Good health. Not just healing. Okay, after receiving the healing, you must stay in health. So he's speaking health, divine health, better than sickness. If somebody is suffering disadvantage and dishonor, what is better than dishonor? Mr. Dem. Advantage. Advantage. Yes. Dishonor. The, the better than dishonor is what? Honor. Your honor has come. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Some say better things than that of Abel. Can I tell you something, people of God? You see, the blood can be speaking all the better things. This is where God's children have not gotten the revelation yet. In IPR, I pray today you will catch this revelation once and for all. Okay? This is where God's children have not caught the revelation. They want to wait till they arrive in heaven before they enjoy their rights and privileges. It's wrong. I said, when you want to wait till you arrive in heaven before you enjoy your rights and privileges, it's wrong. Because Jesus told us that anybody who has left his father and mother and houses and whatever and follow me shall get all these things in this life and in the life to come eternal life. So it's okay. For us to enjoy all the good things in this life and in the life to come, eternal life. Glory be to God. No more sorrow when I get to heaven. It's true. No more sorrow when I get to heaven. But here in this life, we can still use his name to enforce joy. For the joy of the Lord is our strength. So you want to wait till you get to heaven before you get strength? Hush. Not when I get to heaven now in this life. Hallelujah. For the just shall live by faith. By faith we can bring all our heavenly treasure to enjoy here. To enjoy them here in this life. Don't wait till you get to heaven. Already your name is registered there. You are a citizen there. But he left you here as an ambassador. He wants you to use his name. And use a provision he has made for us. To activate. That's where I'm going to. The provision is the blood of Jesus. And his broken body. Someone say the blood of Jesus. And his broken body. And the only qualification for you to partake of the flesh of Jesus and of his blood is for you to be a member of that same body. To be born again.
to be a child of God. That's the only qualification. Once you have believed the gospel and received Jesus into your heart and received eternal life into your heart and you have received remission of sins and you are born again, you qualify. Tell your neighbor, I qualify. But look at him or her well. Say, if you are, that is if you are only a citizen of heaven. Tell him, that is if you are only a citizen of heaven. And I believe if I forget, before we take the communion, if there is anybody here who is not yet a citizen of heaven, just let us know. We can lead you so that all of us can partake of this grace because it is for you today. Hallelujah. All right. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. I'll show you something. What God has made available to us through the Holy Communion. For which cause we cannot wait till we get to heaven before we enjoy all our rights and privileges. But by virtue of the communion, we can partake of the blood that is speaking better things. Better things than that of Abel. 1 Corinthians 11 verses 23 and through 26. I feel it singing, I'm telling you. 1 Corinthians 11, 23 through 26. Paul writing, Paul was not around when Jesus Christ show them all the things that we are going to read about but he received it by revelation he said for I have for I received from the Lord verse 23 of 1 Corinthians 11 for I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread all those who are watching live take bread because we are getting there and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take it. This is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Verse 25. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is a new covenant, the new testament in my blood. Wow. This do as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. Verse 20 says, For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Somebody say amen. My emphasis is verse 26. For as often, how often should we take the communion? As often as you decide. It is because we may not be able to you know, there are other considerations when we come to church. That is why we have chosen to do it the first Sunday of every month. But as far as God is concerned, if you have the revelation, you can do it even every second, every hour. A man like Smith Wigglesworth, if you have ever heard about Smith Wigglesworth, one of his secrets was the communion, a daily partaking of the communion. No wonder that man walked in supernatural grace. He was called the apostle of faith. Strong faith. Somebody whose wife could die. After he had come back from an, a, a, an evangelistic assignment, he met the wife dead. He said, what? We never agreed that you should die. He woke her up. Honey, get up. What do you mean? Why should you die? The woman woke up. said, oh, oh, honey, honey, you, you, you disturbed me. I was, I, was, I was somewhere in heaven. He said, but we never agreed that you should die. How should you? How, should, how can you die like that? And after agreement, now they agree. Then it's okay, no problem. If you want to take the lead, you can sleep. I'll join you later. Hey, this is a new, a new level. Is that also? It's a walk of faith, supernatural faith. But the man had something he always used to activate that faith. And I'm going to show it to you today. Hallelujah. 
Verse 26 again of 1 Corinthians 11. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim. The word proclaim is the Greek word katangelo. Someone say katangelo. The first time I taught on this, I said that somebody can name his son Katangelo. <laughs> I'm telling you, I prophesied there will be a son named here Katangelo. See, Genevieve has to receive it already. So shall it be in Jesus' name. Katangelo. Katangelo means to declare, to promulgate. Another big one, it means to make known. Someone say make known. Make known. What does that mean? You see, as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you make known the Lord's death till he comes. Let me tell you what I wrote here. The blood of sprinkling is speaking better things which you may never know. But when you partake of the blood of Jesus, you make it known. You experience the better things for yourself. You see, the blood is speaking better things. But so long as it is speaking, it is for everybody. Activate it to make it your personal experience. We partake of his blood. It is like saying, Amen. All the promises of God, according to 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. All the promises of God in Christ Jesus are yea, and in him, amen. To the glory of God by us. Someone say by us. In other words, when you say amen to the promise, the promise moves from the general and it becomes yours experientially. It becomes yours personally. It becomes your personal benefit. So if the promise is there, you say, oh, God has promised that he will, you know, whatever promise you may think about, if you never say amen to it, it will never be yours. You may query God and say, God, why are you not healing me? God said, eh? Didn't I say by his stripes? In fact, 1 Peter 2.24 says, by whose stripes you were healed. So the day you realize that I was healed, that means that, and if God does anything, it's forever. If I was healed, then I'm still healed. So I refuse to carry this sickness. You get out of the sick bed. Hallelujah. Matthew 5, uh, Matthew 8, 17 says, Himself took our infirmities. He took it. If He took my infirmity, then I'm not supposed to carry it again. He took it and bore our sicknesses. If He bore it, then I'm not supposed to bear it. The day you say amen to that promise, in fact, this is not even a promise, this is the reality. It has happened. So you must take it, take Him by His word and act on it, and it becomes yours. Hallelujah. This is the same way by which we partake and benefit from the blood that is speaking. It is speaking better things than that of Abel. But it doesn't mean that it will become yours until... Listen, this is one of the mysteries you should never rob yourself of in church. Because if you don't do this, and I don't know what... How else will you benefit from the blood? When you keep on saying that, I cover myself with the blood. How do you do that? By partaking of his blood. Let them say that when they go to church, they drink blood. No problem, we drink blood. <laughs> if witches drink blood, and we have better blood, blood that was never, it never knew sin, then we will drink it, hallelujah. Say, I fortify myself with the blood of Jesus. There are some times when you see a witch, even without discernment or prophetic revelation, you just know that this one is a witch. Because the person has drunk blood, ah, I didn't show any woman anymore. Say, where the pay for pay for call? I'm telling you, you've not met some before. A witch who has graduated in witchcraft, when you see them without discernment, you know that this one, baby, say, and you say, oh, yeah, pay for call. Yeah, 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 yeah. You to drink the blood. 
they see you, hey, they know that this person is uncatchable. If you touch him, there will be electric, electric, back, <laughs> electric wire will just, before they realize your house is burning to ashes. Say, I'm untouchable. Because of the blood. Before you check out of your home, fortify yourself. Gather the family. Say, we're going to eat the flesh of Jesus. We drink his blood. And you check out of your home. Let any witch, let any wizard try it. Bible says, our lives are hidden with Christ in God. How can they touch you when you are in God? You are sandwiched in God. Before they can touch you, let them touch God. And let them touch God and see. Say, touch not my anointed. And do my prophets no harm. Say, surely they will gather, but not by me. And everyone that gathers against you shall fall for your sake. He said they will come in one way, but they will flee in seven ways. They will go and report, hey, this one there is untouchable. I tried it. It didn't work. Why? Because we are seated together with Christ in the heavenly places. They fly, but we are seated there. Fear no witch. Fear no ancestral bondage. Fear nothing. Because God has not given us a spirit of bondage again to fear, but a spirit of power, of love, and of a sound mind. I command anybody suffering mental, mental attack, receive soundness of mind. Receive soundness of mind. Receive soundness of mind. In the name of Jesus. He has given a sound mind. When you think and talk, you say, this person is, has wisdom. No person that you say, ah, no, God has not given us that kind of spirit. When it kind, then you do the right thing. Hallelujah. May God give you wisdom. Bible says wisdom is profitable for direction. You will not make the wrong choices. You will not take the wrong decisions. I prophesy in this house as we partake of the communion. May God give you grace to make the right choices. Take the right decisions. Go in the right direction. In the name of Jesus Christ. So look, people, don't let anybody on this planet Earth rob you of the best because the blood is the last card. Go and ask the Egyptians. When Pharaoh refused to let go of the Israelites, no matter how many miracles Moses performed, Pharaoh said, I won't let them go. Sometimes he would change his mind. It's okay, let them go. Before he realized he has changed his mind back, I won't let them go. But when the blood was applied, hallelujah, I said, when the blood was applied, I'm telling you, the Egyptians themselves say, hey, 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 come, you want what? Go, take it. Take the silver, take everything, go. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. They chase them out of Egypt because of the blood. I'm announcing to somebody, you might have tried every effort. You've, you've tried every means. You've used your energy, your strength, human connection. You've used political power. You've used economic power. You've used your association with people in, in high places and it didn't work. Today, don't try the blood. Trust the blood. Say, I trust in the blood. Yeah. It will speak for you. It's already speaking. But when you partake of the blood of Jesus, it becomes yours. Your personal experience. It will never become yours just because it's speaking up there. Just like the promise will not become yours just because it is there. It becomes yours when you say amen. Whenever we partake of the flesh of Jesus and of his blood, it is like saying amen. Amen means what? Amen let it be mine so if if you are a Christian and you have never been a partaker of the flesh of Jesus and of his blood it's you okay yes we all go to heaven no doubt 
But you arrive in heaven and realize that, oh, so why should I wait till I come to heaven before I now enjoy my right and privilege? It is for us here on earth. He said we should do it often. As often as, do you know what I'm saying about you for instance? As we partake of the communion, I see God release twins into your womb. Stand up. I'm seeing twins release into your womb. Take it. The name of Jesus, Randolph Broker, is yours. It's yours. It is done. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. As often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death. You do proclaim. Katangelo. Hey. Proclaim. Proclaim. You do show the Lord's death till he comes. Please, he wants us to do it till he comes. Until he comes, don't stop being a partaker of the communion. Do it till he comes. Because nobody knows where he's coming. So do you want to wait till he comes before you now say, after the no more sorrow? No. We can take care of sorrow till he comes by connecting through his flesh and, and his blood. That is why he told the disciples, anybody that has not eaten my flesh nor drink my blood has no part in me. And in fact, when he told them that, do you know what? The Bible says many of his disciples deserted him. If Jesus had people, many, not few, many of his disciples deserted him. In fact, everybody left except the twelve. So he asked the twelve, will you also leave? So if by this revelation, everybody deserted Jesus, don't be surprised when people desert you. Because by virtue of the covenant through the blood of Jesus and of the broken body, people who never partake of this will see your eyes and will wonder, have you gone for juju? It's not juju, it is the blood. If they are shedding the blood of animals, we have the blood that is speaking better things. Are you there? From today, any witch, any wizard that has ever attempted your life, they will come and confess to you that, hey, something has shocked my teeth. I can feel electricity in my teeth. Please forgive me. They will come and confess. I said they will come and confess. Amen. Because you're going to eat the flesh of Jesus. When they eat your flesh, when they attempt to eat your flesh, it will be like eating the flesh of Jesus. Because you and the flesh of Jesus, you become one. And his blood becomes part of your blood. So, they can't drink your blood. I prophesy. May God raise people of faith in this house. People who can look at the devil eyeball to eyeball. It's a devil. Enough is enough. Get out of my house. Get out of my marriage. Get out of my finances. Get out of my business. Get out of here. Men of faith. Women of faith. Men who can stand and say enough is enough. I need no other arguments. I need no other plea. It is enough that Jesus died for me. Jesus loves me. I don't know why. I don't know why. He can. Oh